Welcome to Curva Mundial. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Curva Mundial. I'm your host, Sal Bono, and today we travel to Brazil via Michigan. We're going to get a, all these dots connected. But I'm here with the co-host of the acclaimed Brazilian football podcast, The Smoking Snake. Please welcome to the show, Santos supporter, Enric Milage. Welcome, Enric. Hello, Sal. Thanks for inviting me. I'm very happy to be here. I'm very happy to have you on. Uh, as we were just talking about, I love Brazilian soccer. I think the country is beautiful. I've yet to visit it. And for so long, I've been trying to find news in English, because I sadly don't speak Portuguese, um, that will basically give me more than just scores in the table. And I came across your beautiful podcast, and you and your co-host started the acclaimed Smoking Snake in 2019. It is the first, and which is mind-blowing, it's the first English-language podcast bringing Brazilian football to the English-speaking world. When you first started it, did you feel like it was your responsibility to fill this void? And did you also have the same questions that why is this taking so long? Well, actually, I'm not the one who started it. It's my friend Peter who uh, first began this channel and he reached out to me asking if we should both talk about Brazilian football. And I was very happy to join. And it, it was a really nice experience. I was watching uh, Brazilian soccer, but mostly when I started doing the podcast with him, that's when everything began uh, getting even nicer and watching all the highlights. So that's when the journey began for us. I love it. I love it. You know, what does the smoking snake mean? I'm not really sure. Uh, I think Peter uh, created this based on something that he could have possibly read on a book uh, as he became a Santos supporter. But the colors that he has for the logo are matching sort of the Brazilian flag with right. blue and yellow. So that's something that he was inspired about. That's very cool. I, uh, you know, you're coming to us from Michigan, as we mentioned earlier, uh, which couldn't be further from the beaches of Rio or the dope streets of Sao Paulo. So what's it like following Brazilian football in the Great Lake State? And is there a big enough fan base to even like do events at bars or anything? Uh, actually, unfortunately, no. Uh, I would have liked for people to know more about the sport here and watch the league. But I think there's a very little Brazilians around Michigan and people who speak Portuguese and people who follow the Campeonato Brasileiro in general. So it's something that I would have liked to interact with people more uh, as time progresses. But unfortunately, it's such a area where maybe not too many people from Brazil visit uh, to go all the way up to Michigan and the north and totally a different climate, as you said, very cold. So those could be the things that uh, affect the, the reason why not too many Brazilians live around. So you're in Michigan. Is Peter in Michigan as well? Yep, he is. So we have two. All right. So he starts with two, maybe get three, maybe get a little bit here and there. It For you, though, do you feel almost like two oddballs, odd, odd people out, you know, even just having this love for a league that sadly doesn't get the shine that it deserves? Um, It's a little difficult. Uh People around here usually mostly watch European football and even friends that I talk to on a daily basis, I tell them, hey, it's like a big match in Rio de Janeiro, Vasco, Flamengo. And people are like, ah, what game is that? How do you even watch the sport? And that's something that I really don't understand. Like people don't give it a try. I know that Brazilian teams haven't really kept up 
with the momentum even when it comes to club world cup like flamengo who recently lost without even being able to reach the final against madrid and things like that it's uh what people really look at and don't really focus on the league and they they like to watch barcelona real madrid every week and that's that's all i could say it's it's wild though because obviously so many talents talent it's it's a country that is just a talent factory neymar gabriel jesus in the modern era of course and so many others that i haven't named but it you know we've seen pele kaka ronaldinho el fenomeno ronaldo it it's just never stop even on the women's side you know you even have um so many amazing talents uh like marta of course you know just so it's it's a country that where football is religion every great player everybody always uses that as a reference point five world cups you would think it would be bigger why is it in your opinion as you've been covering this for a few years now that it's not the team or the league that gets that attention well the league is actually exciting when it comes to very young players starting around the age of 16 and 17 and all the way up to like 20 maybe 22 23 after that uh, the league itself is viewed like the Ajax for Europe. Uh, it's uh, a team that produces players and sells them to big clubs. So maybe that's one of the reasons why it's not really viewed as uh, the top leagues. Uh, even the big players, let's say Luis Suarez, he was a very good, talented player in his career in Liverpool, Barcelona, and wherever he played in Europe. And when he came back to Uruguay, uh, he was viewed as like the old guy coming back and Maybe people who really liked him during his prime decided to watch him, but it's not that it's a player that's coming during his prime years, 28, 29 years old to Brazil. So those are the factors that people really look at and consider the league as not really major when it comes to having big players or big teams. Wow. Yeah. So what made you now? What, okay. I What I love here, too, is, is that you're Albanian. And yep. you and Albania is also a country that produces a lot of talent. Maybe not as much talent as Brazil, but you're but you're Albanian. You're living in Michigan, and none of these dots connect, and that's what's beautiful about it. So, what made you fall in love with the Brazilian Serie A and and the Brazilian Football League? Well, it's funny how you ask that. It actually goes back to my uh, maybe very childhood childhood years, uh, going back to 2010, 2011. I used to uh, like the three players that play for Inter Milan, Maicon, Lucio, and Julio Cesar. And that's how I actually became a Brazil fan first. And just by watching them, really liked their style of play, began watching their Brazil national team around that 2010 World Cup. And even after that, it was a very disappointing World Cup, losing 2-1 in the quarterfinals, I think, against Netherlands. Uh, really disappointing result uh, having the team score first and go back to losing still it was a nice moment because it gave me a taste of following a team in the beginning and seeing them uh, lose in this sort of way and still be a fan of our supporter at such a young age so a year later um, around June or July 2011 somehow I was just scrolling through the TV and I see the game uh, between uh, Netherlands and Brazil again, but it was a friendly this time. And that's where I first saw Neymar. And as many people would 
think uh, that's where the passion about the sport began, just watching him play with all his skills and decided to even move even further, uh, seeing him play for Santos every day. It was a really difficult schedule for me in there because I had to uh, maybe stay up late until 3 a.m., 4 a.m. at night, usually during summer, not uh, September when I was in school. But uh, I tried my best to keep up with the Brazilian football. And even when I came to United States in 2015, that made it even easier for me. The times of the games was even better. Not like you're watching European football here and the latest game is 3 p.m. Now coming to United States, it makes it even easier to watch the Brazilian games at 3 or 7 p.m. And that's where all the passion kept going and moving forward with the Brazilian league. I love it. Enric is also, this is an audio podcast, so there's no video, but Enric is wearing his Santos jersey, a uh, huge Santos fan. So how did your uh, fandom of Santos come about? I know you just dropped some hints here, but explain that to me. Well, as I said earlier, just by following Neymar with the national team, I decided to keep uh, watching the Brazilian league and watching Santos play maybe every weekend, maybe not every weekend, but just what getting the result and knowing how the team did uh, really made me happy back in the years. Uh, the team itself uh, was way better compared to what we actually have at the moment, even though even at that time, uh, the Santos was still ending up 8th, ninth, or 10th in the league. It was still a nice experience just keeping up with the football. Sometimes it's not all about results. It's about how happy a team makes you. And that's what Santos gave me. I love it. You know, Santos has always been a historic club. Obviously the greats like Pele, Neymar, Carlos Alberto, Socrates, Robinho. When a player puts on a Santos jersey, do they feel a pressure to live up to the ghosts of the club's past? Yeah, 100%. And I think this started back in like 1960s when Pelé used to play for the club. Ever since then, uh, that's how Santos became big. And even the jersey that I'm currently wearing, it's from 2012 and it has a 2012 logo on it, which is the 100 years when Santos became a team. And overall, uh, all these players or all the fan base has been looking since Pele uh, played during his time, who is going to be the next Pele. And that's what they saw with Robinho, who played around like 2008, 2009. And even when Neymar started appearing, people were like, oh, there's no way a second Pele popped up in Santos. Like there, that's not even a possibility. So just by creating all these players, as we call them, Meninas da Vila, or the kids of the town. It's something really important and bringing new Brazilian talents to the club. Well, who are the players now at Santos that the world should be paying attention to? Like if you love football and you want to know about the next big thing, who are some of the players at the team that uh, should, we should be focusing on? Well, uh, there is a combination of both young and old players at the moment. But if you were to ask about the young ones, I would start with uh, midfielders. Uh, Ivone, it's a player that popped up after the recent Copinha, uh, which is a small tournament with youth uh, teams playing against each other in Brazil. So he's a really talented midfielder and even Wesley Patachi is also a very young talent, maybe around 19, 20 years old, still hasn't made like his jump to the first team yet, but it's a really exciting player that I'm really hoping to see in the Europe soon. And 
going uh, on with uh, some, if I could say, older the older players around the age of nineteen or twenty. Wait, wait. Mark- so nineteen or twenty is old. <laughs> yeah, I would consider that uh, depending on how the Brazil the Brazilian league is structured. So, oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> so. I think that Marcos Leonardo is a huge shot and Angelo, both players playing on the wing and uh, players that really have really good uh, skilling and dribbling skills. But it depends on how they move forward and play in the Brazilian league in the future. So now, I, despite the fact that they're older players at 1920, uh, are, you are expecting them to leave and go to Europe eventually. Yes, because uh, even at this age, I know I said old, but I was comparing them to like the 16 and 17th who played in Copinha. And I think uh, all these players uh, have made a big jump with their skills and opportunities that they can get and provide to the teams uh, so that teams like Barcelona or Real Madrid are coming on and trying to buy these players and put them in their starting lineups in two or three years from now. So, as a fan of this team and as a fan of this league, does it get you upset, though, that you're not going to be able to hold on to something for the long term? Everything has to happen almost in the short term because of European interests. Yeah, that's one of the downsides of Brazilian football, the fact that the teams change so quickly, like the team that you see here uh, now, it's so much different compared to the team two or three years ago. But it could be a good thing because it's giving those talents uh, a bigger opportunity to play in Europe. But in my opinion, if there is a way for these players to stay, why not build the Brazilian League or the South American uh, clubs uh, even bigger? Like, why should South American players go to Europe? Why don't European players come to South America and make it even bigger? But it's something that is probably built on throughout the years, and there's not a way that we can change that now. And it's it's all about how these players grow up, like growing up wanting to play for big clubs in Premier League, Serie A, La Liga. It's something that you can never change, and it's going to require a lot of time for that mentality to shift for these people. Because also money, too, and I know money, unfortunately, is such a big factor in the modern game. And no one's going to be able to compete with that. But when you see, I remember years ago, I know it wasn't at Santos, but uh, Gabriel Barbosa, Gabagol, into record fee, like probably one of the biggest, one of the biggest signings Enter has ever spent on, which probably leads to like why they might be in financial issues now. But uh, to all the Inter fans listening, I, I apologize. As an AC Milan fan, I got to throw in a dig once in a while. Massive respect for the club, though. Massive respect for the club. But Gab- Gabriel Babosa, Gabagol, goes to Inter. It doesn't work out. He goes and plays in Portugal. It doesn't work out. Now he's killing it and has been for the last couple of years at Flamenco and doing just uh, phenomenal but the amount of money that his parent club had gotten, you would think that would get reinvested. And if players like that of that caliber keep leaving, even if like they don't do amazing, right? If they don't do them, but they're still getting huge, huge, huge transfer fees because the teams in Europe want them. Like Vinicius Jr. would be another example too. You would think that there's so much money in Brazil then in the Brazilian football league that, 
it would sort of be able to compete and as you said like attract maybe a bench player or two that at i don't know an everton that's not doing anything they're fighting relegation hey why not come here oh richarlson you hate you like playing in england you hate being at spurs um we can't pay you your fee but you can come here and live like a superstar and by the way you are brazilian does that factor in do you think like that could factor into anything or am i just thinking wishfully here like wishful thinking well that's probably a mistake that those european clubs make uh they see a brazilian talent and they think oh this is going to be the next star and immediately drop either 50 million 80 million or 100 million and just like manchester united did with anthony right. uh, a couple last year actually uh when they bought the player from ajax for more than 100 million it's incredible and people are just blaming on the brazilian league because they expect all these stars to come out of nowhere but in my opinion uh these are players that need time and as you mentioned gabigol he was such a great talent for santos he was viewed as maybe the next star after robinho and neymar and for inter to pick him up uh there were other teams too looking for him man city i believe barcelona and he chose to go to inter and it just didn't go well with him uh he had some problems with the coach and i remember uh, really well that inter team that really wasn't really uh they didn't know what they were doing with their team and the players and the manager kept changing the manager every two or three months and it's something that affects the players as well and from for someone that's coming from from brazil playing their first season in europe it's even more difficult although he went to benfica still tried to play with many Brazilians around, didn't work out. And as soon as he came to Santos again, he started scoring goals. And that's where Flamengo bought him and he currently plays for. It was Santos. Thank you for reminding. I couldn't, I'm like, there was a, I think it was Santos. Ah, uh, thank you. Uh, one thing I need you to help me understand about Brazilian football is that the league, the Brazilian city starts in late February, like major league soccer here in America. How long does the league go on for? I'm so used to leagues like in Europe where they run from August to May, but this isn't the case here. So how does the season run in Brazil? Well, the season actually starts late because the summer is a different time period compared to the Northern Hemisphere. And this this year, the season will actually begin a month from now, April 15th, and it usually lasts until mid or end of November. And it's such a good thing for all us football fans. Like throughout the year, we can watch European football as much as we want. And then whenever European football is over, we can shift uh, to Brazilian league. And whoever has time can just watch the games whenever they feel like. It's something really exciting. Like throughout the whole summer, you, there's a game probably anytime you you would like to watch and it's a great competition and let's not even speak about the fact that uh not only they play uh Campeonato Brasileiro from April to November but as soon as that November hits they play uh state leagues which are currently going on and almost ending in a week or two so it's a non-stop year for every player and they're really entertaining and everybody's trying to put up their best and win any tournament that they can and of course the amazing Copa Libertadores which is for those that don't know the the Champions League of South America the best teams from every country and it is must-see TV it, it's it, like come on like I Champions League is great don't get me wrong 
But there is something about Copa Libertadores where it looks like every match is a life and death situation for everybody involved. The fans, the players, the managers. Um, I It is brutally intense. So, and I'm sort of, again, I like Sao Paulo when it comes to Brazil. I, I A little rivalry, I know. But they're not always in it. Santos usually is. And it's, and it's one of these things where for you... How how much does that encompass? Like, how special is that trophy? Would you rather win the league or would you rather win Libertadores? Well, speaking as a Santos fan, uh, I think Libertadores, uh, it's a very important tournament. And as you said, something that every nation or every club in South America looks forward to. And it seems that uh, as a Champions League in Europe, maybe even bigger, depending on how much teams want. But lately, Santos hasn't really been good uh, throughout the seasons. They probably play in Copa Libertadores once every three or four years. So this year, we're playing in Copa Sudamericana, which is uh, like uh, Europa League in Europe. But overall, it's such a good tournament. And if we manage to get any result out of it, even if we get knocked out after group stage, I'll still be fine. I'm just looking forward to enjoying the matches that any team plays. And with all the passion that every player creates with the ball, it's really incredible to look at these teams play. It, it truly is. I want to also shift focus a little bit on your story because uh, it's so unique and it's so beautiful. The the Albanian kid that falls in love with Inter Milan and Italy and three players that happen to be Brazil. And that's the gateway into falling in love with a whole other country and league. And then you end up in America and then you end up in Michigan where none of these things really connect and happen. So what has this been like for you? And what was like, um, and how did you end up in Michigan? Not that no disrespect to Michigan. It's a great state, but how, you know, what was that transition like for you? And especially your interest going from, cause here's the other thing too. You can be anywhere in Europe and football's on, you can be anywhere pretty much in the world and football's on, you come to America and it's kind of, it's pick and choose. It depends on where you are. So what was that like for you coming here and bringing your passions along with you and then developing something like this podcast with with your friend but obviously you know joining up and being part of it uh and doing all of that now well it's been an amazing experience uh i think uh from 2011 to 2014 15 those were like the best times of my life uh, because everything that happened was associated with soccer or football and it was so nice that even when i came to the united states uh i came with my family moved uh, for a better life it was really cool to see uh, a new culture and how people live in whole a whole new continent. So in a in a nation where soccer isn't really a big sport, I saw it uh, as a disadvantage in a way because I wasn't really connected or knowing to knowing people and talking to people about every weekend how teams were going. So it was a little difficult, but I still kept watching not only European football but also. Uh, the league in brazil i think i was probably like the only kid in my town watching them and anytime i would i would even try to tell my friends or family members hey uh, are you going to watch the game with me everybody would be like ah i don't want to watch this game like it's it's not even a big sport so 
I still kept going and watching, tried my best until last year. I was having a little difficult time to know about uh, Brazilian league in more detail and how transfers are going. So that's when I started looking on Twitter and searching up those uh, English accounts for those sports. And that's how I met Peter. And I didn't even know he was in Detroit as well. We started talking to each other and he expressed uh, the way how we lived so much far away from each other throughout the whole time and both love the same team, the same sport. So that's when the connection started appearing and we created this wonderful podcast. Wait, wait, hold up, hold up. So you didn't even know him that he was even in the same city as you? Because you're in nope. Detroit, right? You're in Detroit, right? Yeah. Yep. Holy, like, come on. Like, that's that's pretty incredible. Like, that's, what are the odds, too? Yeah, and he, in the profile picture, he also has the Santos logo with the Great Britain or England uh, flag. So when I first messaged him, I thought that he would be like a whole another continent. But no, not only he's in the United States, but also in Michigan, just went like boom to me. Like, how is that even possible for somebody so close to even watch the same thing that I do? That's a beautiful, beautiful story, man. <laughs> That's I got I kind of have chills because it's sort of you guys were meant to be friends. You guys were meant to connect. Um, That's awesome. That is super awesome. Edric, this has been a blast. If I want you to make a sales pitch now to the audience, right before we dive into my favorite part of the podcast, which is I'm going to ask you three questions that I ask every guest. But before we do that, I want you to make a sales pitch. Where can people find the smoking snake and why they should listen to it? So people can find the smoking snake on Twitter and it's called the smoking SNK. And uh, that's where me and my friend Peter drop weekly episodes about Brazilian league or Brazilian football, how things are going. And um, my friends, my friend Peter is the one who actually uploads uh, everything that we talk about. And they can listen to those on Spotify and also Apple or Apple uh, podcasts. So that's really helpful if people want to listen to Brazilian football. Now time for a coffee break. Curva Mundial is sponsored by Mod Cup Coffee in Jersey City. But you can get it anywhere in the world from ModCup.com. Mod Cup, drink modern coffee. Use code Mundial for 10% off your first order. Beautiful. And you should. It's a fantastic podcast. It has helped me tremendously. And I thank you both for doing it. Uh, I'm super happy that you were on. I'm super happy that you shared your story. But now, here comes the fun part. So... Question one, if you can bring back one retired player to your club, alive or dead, former player that is, who would it be and why? I think, uh, I can't say Neymar because he's not retired yet, but it's a, it's a player that I definitely want to see in the club in the future. I would say the goalkeeper, Rafael Cabral. Okay. Because uh, going back to the Santos days when we won Copa Libertadores, uh, he was such a huge part in the competition. And I loved, uh, I used to play as a goalkeeper myself when I was little. And even the player, Julia Cesar, I said, uh, was the goalkeeper. So going back to memories, uh, it's all these players that I would like to see back at Santos. But Rafael Cabral, I think, uh, really plays a huge, important role in the team. 
Fantastic. Uh, I will say this about Julio Cesar, despite the fact that he played for the rival club, the rival Milan side. I loved watching him play. I absolutely loved watching him play. What a phenomenal and underrated talent. Like, I don't think he got the appreciation that he deserved. Like, I feel as if he if he played at Arsenal or if he played at, I don't know, Chelsea or something, or even even if Atletico Madrid, like everybody would talk about him to this day. Uh, but he won a treble with Inter and was just so phenomenal to watch. I love I loved watching him scream at his defenders. I love watching him scream at the other players. And I love watching him on the Brazilian side too. He's such a great, great, great player. So I'm happy that you get you brought him up because he doesn't get referenced enough. So thank you for that. Now, money is not an option. This is question two. Money's not an option. And you can sign one active player today. Who would it be and why? Uh, if money is not an option, I think I'll have to go for Neymar 100%. He's the player that got me a fan of this club. And I would always appreciate the love he showed to the club. And he still continues to do uh, so. But whenever he doesn't play in Europe anymore for PSG or anything he might go to, I would love to see him back at Santos, although maybe other teams like Flamengo or Sao Paulo or Corinthians are way ahead when it comes to money. Still, Santos is uh, a team that doesn't really offer that at this point, uh, knowing that we don't really win titles lately. So I would really like to see Neymar back at the club if money is not a problem. Yeah, I hope he does what you referenced Luis Suarez earlier when Luis Suarez went to Nacional uh, last season. I hope he does that where it's just like, yeah, you don't really need to pay me. It's fine. I'll come play for a few months. Uh, And finally, what has been your favorite moment as a fan of this game? As a fan of this game uh, or as a fan of Santos, my favorite moment was winning that Copa Libertadores in 2011. It, I think it was uh, 30 years or maybe even more since uh, the team last won this competition from the time of Pelé. So being able to win that uh, during the last decade, and even uh, although we were really close two or three years ago when we reached the final and lost in the 93rd minute against Palmeiras, it was still depressing. But I'm really happy that the team actually won this competition back uh, when we had so many talented players like Neymar, Robinho, Ganso, and Rafael Cabral, as I mentioned, in the team. So it's something that... It's always nice to see going back and watching YouTube videos or anything like that from Twitter. And it's a really nice experience. I love it. Enric, thank you so much for coming on. I really appreciate this. Everyone go listen to The Smoking Snake and learn more about Brazilian football. And if you're in Michigan, go to the pub with our buddy Enric here and go find him and go to watch a match. Thank you so much, man. Thank you, Sal. Thank you for everyone listening. And I'm really happy, as I said earlier, to talk about Brazilian football. And it was a really great time uh, talking to you, Sal. Follow us on Twitter at Curva Mundial Pod and subscribe to us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Thanks for listening.